Hey friend, I'm Micah McCurry. This is Bible Tract Echoes. Thank you so much for listening. We've had a wonderful time all this week on the program. We have Pastor Dennis Leatherman joining us, and he has shared some excellent tips and things about uh, obstacles that hinder our Christian walk and witness. And today he's going to conclude that and, if we have time, maybe share a couple of track stories. If you missed any of the previous uh, episodes this week, make sure you go back and find them on YouTube and you can see our smiling faces or you can go find them in the podcast archive as well. Just search for Bible Tracked Echoes on your favorite podcast player. Brother Leatherman, take it away. Tell us about a few more obstacles to witnessing. Okay, and I just want to take one moment briefly Please. and thank you, Brother McCurry, for the oh, opportunity to be with you. I thank God for your ministry and your leadership. Thoroughly enjoyed uh, the time down in New Zealand, Australia, and, and I've really learned to appreciate you a lot. And, and uh, we've Amen. always loved Bible Tracks Incorporated. Um, as far as obstacles to soul winning, let me give you two more real quick. And this one is a little sober, but I, again, I think it's uh, very real. Is um, I put it this way, uh, we lose the reality of hell. And, um, you know, we just forget what the Bible teaches about this subject of hell. I know it's not very popular in Christianity today. And, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of our churches want to try and avoid some of these disturbing uh, doctrines, but nevertheless, it's there. You know, Jesus spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. Um, statistically, uh, he gave some disturbing details about it. And I'll be very honest with you, Brother McCurry, it's, it's the one teaching in Scripture that bothers me the most. Um, I dislike the concept of a person dying, going to hell for all eternity. Without escape, that uh, that's very disturbing. But nevertheless, it's a biblical truth. It's a reality. I think sometimes we just lose that fact that everybody we meet, everybody in this world is going to spend eternity somewhere. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is the determining factor, whether it's heaven or hell. William Booth, founder of uh, Salvation Army, somebody had asked him what the best training for his workers is as far as winning souls. And he made something, a statement to this along these lines. This is a direct quote. But he says that he would, um, he would like for them to spend five minutes in hell. He said that would make all of us avid soul winners. And he mm -hmm. elaborated a little bit there, more than a Bible education, more than conferences, you know, more than uh, all these things we try to do to stir up people go soul winning. Five minutes in hell would make every one of us an avid soul winner. And I know there in Luke, uh, Jesus described the rich man in hell. And one of his first requests was, of course, he asked for a drop of water, but then he said, send someone, tell my brothers, send a soul winner by. And he saw the reality of it and it burdened him for others. And, um, you know, of course, for him it was too late, but uh, it's not too late for us. So that reality can stir us and and challenge us to overcome the fear. You know, a house is burning and somebody's trapped in there. I'm scared to death to go in, but the value of that person inside there and their life helps me overcome that fear, get in there and get them out. Same thing with witnessing. So uh, to lose the reality of hell is sometimes is an obstacle. We got to keep that fresh. Now we don't want to be morbid about it and dwell on it. You know, it's not something we rejoice in, certainly. It breaks our hearts. But nevertheless, it can, um, if we forget about that reality, then we'll lose our, our passion for winning the loss. And then let me give you one more, uh, uh, I, uh, again, following this alliteration, but a lack of love for the Lord. Now, I don't mean to be 
rebuke anybody or anything. We all deal with this. But um, in John chapter 14, Jesus made a series of statements that um, ought to challenge us to evaluate, do I really love the Lord? And if so, how much? How does it affect my love for the Lord? How does it affect my life and my obedience? In verse number 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Um, down then, he comes down, verse 21 of John 14, he says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Um, verse 23, if a man love me, he will keep my words. Verse 24, he that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And then verse 31, he says this, But that the world may know that I love the Father, as the Father hath, as the Father gave me commandments, even so I do. So the Lord's saying, listen, if you love me, you, we sing, oh, how I love Jesus. We sing these songs. We express our love for the Lord. You know, we ask folks, how many people here love the Lord? All our hands go up. And that's good. But that love, if that's genuine, then that's going to prompt us to do what the Lord instructs us to do. And man, I'm telling you, the heart of God is the salvation of the lost. Uh, we just built a new activity center here at our church, and we're very grateful for it. It's been a blessing. We're using it, trying to use it for God's glory. But, you know, God's more concerned about souls being saved than buildings being put up. And uh, if we love him, we share his heart. I love my wife, and things that are important to her become important to me. Uh, things that she uh, is concerned about become concerns of mine. So I love my Lord. I love my Savior. And because I love him, then what concerns him concerns me. And what is a, a burden of his and a, uh, uh, becomes a burden of mine. A desire of his becomes a desire of mine. And so falling back in love with the Lord. Uh, we need revival. Our church is praying for revival in our churches. We're so concerned for our country, our world. And I believe the answer is revival in our churches, more so than our capitals and our state houses is getting falling back in love with the Lord in our churches. And that'll prompt us to give that tract out. I love the Lord. I want to give that tract out. I'm going to talk to this person about the Lord. I'm going to share my testimony. You know, so a lack of love for the Lord. I believe if we love the Lord and we have a genuine burden and desire to see souls saved, we're going to figure out a way to get the gospel to them. A, a genuine burden will produce creativity uh, a number of years ago, I was asked, I was uh, with an organization that worked with people who were on their, um, on their deathbeds, really. They were terminally ill. And they asked me one time, they called and said, will you go visit uh, Mr. So-and-so? And I said, sure. They said, he doesn't have a church, he doesn't have a pastor, but the family's concerned for his spiritual well-being. Would you go see him? I said, sure, I'd be glad to. So I actually knew... Um, some of the family from our bus ministry, and they knew me. So I went down and knocked on the door, and the uh, son came, and I knew the son. He knew me. His kids rode our bus. I said, I'm, I said uh, he said, hey, Pastor Leatherman. I said, hey, I'm here to see your daddy. Uh, I was asked to visit him. He says, hold on, let me go back and check if it's okay. So he went in the back room, came back out, and he says, Daddy said he don't want to see no preacher. <laughs> he want no preachers coming around. He was, a, he was rough, you know. And um, I said, all right. Man, I got burdened for this guy. I, kn I knew the family. I knew he was lost, drank heavily, just rough. And uh, so I went home, was praying. A day or so went by. I told my wife, I said, I said, uh, would you make a couple dozen cookies, chocolate chip cookies? Make them for me. She goes, okay. She made them up. So she put them in a bag. 
and I headed down to visit uh, this fella. And uh, I, I left the house with two dozen cookies. I arrived with one dozen at his house. Something <laughs> happened in between there, I'm not sure. But um, anyway, knocked on the door. His son comes to the door. I said, he's up, Pastor. I said, listen, don't tell your daddy the preacher's here. Just tell him one of the volunteers is here and he's got chocolate chip cookies. He said, he said, all right. So went back, came back out. Daddy said, come on in. <laughs> so I went in there, got, sat down beside, had a, the bed was there. If I remember right, there's a whiskey bottle sitting at the bottom of the bed beside the, the wall. So we're talking a little bit and we're eating cookies. And finally I said, I said, I gotta be honest with you. I'm actually the preacher that came by the other day. <laughs> he goes, ah, you know, he starts letting me know what he thought. So make a long story short, I befriended him, and he let me have prayer with him. So I started this process of going down. Finally, he got where he let me share the gospel with him. I, you know, I told him how to be saved right, very thoroughly from Scripture. And he would not trust Christ. No, 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 no. One day I get a call. He's in the hospital. The doctor said he's not going to live through the night. He's unconscious. The boy called me. He said, can you come up here? Just anything you can do. Daddy needs to be saved. I said, Okay. So I prayed the whole way up to the hospital. I said, Lord, wake him up. God, please just wake him up for five minutes that I can one more time. And I got up there at the hospital. The room was full of family. They made a path. I got in there by the bed. Lo and behold, the guy's sitting up, wide awake, sitting up in the bed. And I finally, I said his name and I said, listen, it's time. We can't play around with this anymore. You need to be saved or it's, it's too late. I said, will you let me show you one more time? He goes, yeah. I went, got my Bible out, went through the plan of salvation. And I said his name, and I said, it's now or never. If you don't get saved now, it's not going to happen. And the old boy bowed his head and trusted Christ as Savior right there. He ended up living two, three more months. I'm telling you, there was a change in life. The whiskey, body was gone, whiskey, whiskey bottle was gone. He'd take God's name in vain. He'd get talking, take God's name in vain. And he'd immediately catch himself and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he'd say, God, please forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. And you know, it was, he wasn't what we picture an ideal Christian after that, but I'm telling you, he was a new man. His life was changed Amen. by the power of the gospel. And just saying, I'm not going to let this guy get away without sharing the gospel with him. Right. One other real quick, I think we have a couple minutes. Um, mm -hmm. There's a fellow in our church who got stirred up about sharing his faith and, and winning others. He drove a delivery truck. And I don't know how it is where you're at, but we have a lot of construction around here. And he came up to a, a job site, a construction site, and there's a fellow holding that little sign there, stop, slow. And so he stopped, and uh, he's the first in line. And he had gotten this brilliant idea, it's hot, so hot summer day. And he got a bunch of Coca-Colas, soda pops, and he kept them in the core, and he put a rubber band around them with a gospel track on them. And so he pulled up, and that guy's there, and he waved him over to the truck, and he said, here, here's a little something for you, kind of cool you off. So he gave him a cold soda pop and it had a gospel track on it. And he said, that little track there will tell you how you know you go to heaven when you die and not go to hell. Didn't think much of it. Two, three months went by. It's later in the summer. He comes up to another construction site. Lo and behold, he's the first guy. Lo and behold, it's the same sign holder standing there. And the guy comes over. He waved to him. The guy comes over and the guy says uh, something to the effect Ask him, can I leave a little gospel track with you? The sign holder said to the guy in my church, 
<laughs> he goes, yeah. He says, uh, you're the one I gave it to a few months ago. He goes, yeah, I took that thing home. I got saved. And I wrote to the place on the back of the track. They sent me a whole bunch. Now I'm giving them out. <laughs> wow. I'm telling you, you just step out, you know, and just Amen. use your creativity a little bit. And God will use anybody. Um, that'll just say, here I am, Lord, use me, show me, and step out in faith and, and determine to, to win others. Brother Leatherman, thank you so very much for joining us. And if you enjoy Brother Leatherman, contact us and let us know. I'd love to send a couple of notes to you, Brother Leatherman, and let, let you know how much people appreciate it. But if you're listening right now, do not let these obstacles keep you from being a witness. Make sure you tune in next week to the Bible Tracked Echoes radio program. Thank you so much for being a listener today and this week. My prayer, as always, is that you have a great day for His glory. We'll talk to you very soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him. <laughs>